Hello, I'm Colin Green, and you are listening to Spike Pit. Back on the air it is for me then, and I have got a little bit of a gaming roundup for you. Still, a mixture of gaming is the thing for me. I've been getting in some regular miniatures, wargaming, kind of not mega wargaming, kind of the, the old fateful rampant type stuff. Board games are plenty and ongoing alternate weeks of ICRPG and D&D. One where I'm a player, one where I'm running. This is all amidst the ongoing trials and tribulations of engineering in a secondary school right in the thick of a fairly deprived area in my hometown. And we have just had World Book Day. Once again, a bit of a clean sweep on the leaderboard for Harry Potter and J.K. Rowling's offering there a load of Hogwarts-type characters showing up for World Book Day. All the kids, well, not all the kids, a bunch of kids and teachers dress up as characters from their favourite stories. Um, and a bit of a shame we we don't see much from Tolkien perhaps one of these days I need to get myself a bit of a Gandalf costume or something like that 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 might be pretty cool Uh, although I don't know if I could carry off Gandalf I might be better going for a Bilbo Baggins or uh, maybe a maybe a Gimli or or something like that I'll give that some thought but this year, I was going to go as James Bond, and it was just too damn cold. Cold and wet, and I went in my sort of uh, snowy dress, keeping the, uh, keeping the weather at bay. And, and, and the trouble is that you don't win any fans amongst the kids like that. They all think you're a little bit boring, but oh well, ho-hum. Gaming-wise, board games. Now, I don't know if you've ever played one of those games that are just a kind of a mellow experience you get some kind of brain burners and then you get your beer and pretzels games and then i feel like there's this this category of games that's just kind of relaxing and you just sort of sit there and you you do your thing you toodle along you build up your tableau and there's just this kind of satisfying vibe to it all and there's some light competition and you, you're trying to win, but for whatever reason, the game doesn't generate that real kind of kind of cutthroat vibe. There's not this um, take that kind of mechanism in there. Well, I played one such game a little while ago called Meadow. And it's, it's just about going out into, out into the countryside, going for a bit of, walk, of a walk. And it, it's like a... Kind of, I'd say it was a hand management set collection type of game. And what I found quite interesting was it's got this really pleasant artwork on it. And in between your go, you just, you know, when you're waiting for your go and the other players are taking their turns, you just find yourself sitting there looking at your, your cards and what you've done. And there's this pleasing sort of, oh, that's quite nice, that's... 
that's rather lovely, I like that. And then at the end of the game, I discovered that the all the flora and fauna on the cards is, well, it's obviously, well, not obviously, but it is inspired by, it is taken from real life and real places, and they've actually got a whole list of all the cards explaining when and where and, and, and what they are in a, like a, a supplement or an appendix in the, uh, in the rules. And I thought, oh, that's, that's a little bit different. Um, yeah, not much more to say about it than that. I don't want to bore you with the details, but I, I just thought, yeah, that's almost like this, uh, another type of game, the, the relaxing, meditative game. And I've heard of a couple of games like this, and I believe one of them is called Tokaido. If I've, I'm not sure if I got that right, but I, I believe that's... I don't know if it's this one. I don't know if I'm right about Tokaido, but it's like a, they call it a bit of a Zen type of game, where where you 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 walk along this famous. Uh, I don't know if it's a pilgrimage or it's some kind of route through ancient Japan, and don't know much about it. But I always I was always quite fascinated by the concept. Played a bunch of other games as well. I'll perhaps talk about them another time. My son is still on a big kick getting his games. I, I do caution him about getting too many games. That is something I, I continue to struggle with. And, uh, oh yeah, I, I don't know what the answer is. I, I, I'm terrible at learning new games. I get myself a bit worked up about it. Uh, and, uh, yeah, sort of like this kind of rules anxiety and I don't know why I just I feel like I want to sit down to a game show people how to play it and, and, and everything to run smoothly and well and I don't know I get this little bit of dread it's, it's really it's really poor and I force myself and I face up to it as much as I can and what I, what I think I need to do is this this shelf of shame the games that I'm, I'm fairly confident I can get to the table or I just can't part with, I've, I've got this shelf. The rest that, that don't make the shelf, you know, I'm just, I'm just moving on. I've talked about it before, I'm just moving them on. But there are some others I'm, I'm just not ready to part with and I need to get to the table. So what I'm gonna, I think what I need to do is just schedule, schedule them in, make some proper arrangements on a calendar with the likes of my brother and my family and make it happen. And I need to say to my son, yeah, all right, it's all nice and good buying all them new games, but can we ease off, let me get through some of these games, figure out whether we like them or not so that I can put it to bed, get them off the shelf of shame, start playing them or move them on. Uh, because for whatever reason, it just gets me down. I don't like seeing stuff sitting there. And I bang on about this. I know I go on about it all the time. Now, acquisitions is, is my nemesis. Uh, but I have bought a book. And I bought this book on the strength of the fact that I've been playing probably for at least a month now. Consistently every week one or two games of Dragon Rampant. 
it's brought uh, a, a little bit of life back into my miniatures gaming and my, my gaming collection. I've got a few, well, I've got various armies. One of the favorite ones that I enjoy playing with is my like my 80s orc, like vintage games workshop, all lead, orc army. Um, it just brings a smile to my face. It's quite amusing pitting it against my son's uh, Lord of the Rings thing with all these fell beasts and oh, um, all manner of these huge, more modern miniatures that he's got. And you've got my little orc army. Um, I, don't, I don't suppose it looks anything particularly special. You wouldn't really want to run it as an exhibition game, but it just brings a smile to my face. And, and I love the weight of those, those uh, lead minis. Um, yeah, so that's fun, and I've, I've been bringing it to the table regularly. I've got my uh, my fast attack goblin army as well, which is just chariots and wolf riders. So tomorrow, I want to make a little bit more out of my Friday nights. I feel like you finish work, and I tend to collapse, and it's a bit of a lost Friday night. So I've scheduled in a game with my son. We're going to play Dragon Rampant, and I'm going to run over my orcs, or my fast attack goblins, or maybe I'll try a combination of the both. Uh, last time, the, the fast attack goblin horde got smashed. I'd like a rematch on that front, so perhaps perhaps I'll play them. This time, maybe dust off the old snotling pump, pump wagon, a bit like a shed on wheels with a spiky roller at the front and a, a host of snotlings hanging off it. Maybe give that an out in. That's always quite a fun mini to bring to the table. So we will see. We'll see how I fare and I'll, I'll keep you posted on that one. But the reason I mentioned Dragon Rampant is because for some weeks now, uh, in fact, some months, the time flies, it would seem, some months since its release, October, November last year, Xenos Rampant, 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 Xenos Rampant. It's Osprey Games. I talk a lot about Osprey Games. Xenos Rampant is the Osprey Games version of their Rampant Rules. It's uh, like miniature agnostic, and it's the answer to the prayers of disillusioned 40k players. Players that are fed up with endless codexes, making up armies only to have them um, put put into obscurity by some kind of power creep or a, a rules change or whatever. Admittedly, you, you never need to worry about the antics of GW changing this stuff. You know, you just play with the version you've got and, and be happy with your army and all that. But for those of you that, much like myself, get a little bit disillusioned with the, I don't know, that, that whole kind of crap cash grab thing, these rules are your way to get all the miniatures from your collection back into action. And although I've, I've got a self-imposed ban on buying books, I was going to pick this up as a PDF and I just thought, PDF, that's all right for my RPGs, but when it comes to raw, uh, wargaming, I really need to have that book in my hand as I'm moving around the table or moving minis, holding the book with the other hand. I don't want to. I don't want to use. I just can't handle using a tablet or a laptop. So, 
I've ordered, I've ordered, I've caved in, I've ordered the book. And the idea being that I can, in the same way that I've bought a bit of a new lease of life to my old uh, fantasy miniature collection, pruned out some of the old rubbish, kept some of my real favourite stuff, tidied it all up, a bit of rebasing. I can now turn my eyes to some science fiction stuff and I've got a load of foundry miniatures. I think they were called, ooh, I don't know, maybe Dark Future or something like that. They're kind of like this near future, a little bit post-apocalyptic, a little bit kind of uh, modern... Yeah, I got kind of a, oh, I don't know, I don't quite know how I'd describe them, you know, one of the, they're like, they're like gangs, almost like, in a way, Necromunda is gangs, but in, not in that Necromunda world, not in that, that far kind of like, that far off future, they're not so post-apocalyptic really, they're, 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 un they're unusual, they're a little bit hard to describe, like one of the gangs is um, just like the reserv the guys out of Reservoir Dogs, they're just in uh, like black suits, well they're not black suits but they're in suits and ties, you know they're whatever colour you paint them but in the catalogue they kind of got like wrap around shades and, and they just got, uh, they've got quite a lot of like um, automatic weapons not lasers and stuff and it's pistols and and automatic weapons and submachine guns and stuff like that grenades then you've got sort of like guys who look like um like i think there were some biker guys and, and you know the sort of thing that kind of stuff you've got uh some uh, sort of a little bit cringeworthy scantily clad kind of rollerblading women and um uh, you've got some kind of like cool characters who look like something out of um, oh, oh it's just gone straight out of my head uh, I don't know maybe like Pulp Fiction something like that those sort of characters anyway you get the gist I've got a bunch of those plus I've got all my old uh, Necromunda figures put something together with that Fight a, few, fight a few games it would be a chance to try out some different scenery and some different scenarios it's slightly different rules they've got some vehicle rules in there I'm not, I've not really got any vehicles so I'm not quite sure how that's going to go I might just end up um, putting something together some card models or whatever but I'm interested to give it a try see how they've changed it and, and they're, I've, I'm very rarely disappointed by Osprey, the the the, uh, the product is always good value. Nicely constructed books. This is this is a hardback, sewn binding, all that stuff. And uh, yeah, once again, I'll keep you posted on that one. Good grief! Rambled on, rambled on there. Now, temptation in another form as we come into RPGs. Now, temptation came along this time in the form of Shadow Dark. Um, Kelsey Dion, Arcane Library. She uh, is kickstarting throughout March her game, Shadow Dark. And um, my man, Hankering Furanel of ICRPG fame, uh, was bigging it up. 
and that's where I heard about it and I thought, oh yeah, you know, that that sounds pretty good. She's got a bunch of like promotional quick start rules and uh, ready-made characters. She's got a sample dungeon. She's put a load of content out there for free to promote it. She's she uh, she I mean she is a promotion machine. This this woman, I tell you, she's got a business head screwed on. She's got her RPG head screwed on, and. Uh, her Kickstarter is like just well, it's it's just flying, flying off the shelves. She's got so much support. She seems like a real nice character. Obviously, I mean, I've only seen her online persona, but you know, um, I I get I get a good feeling, should we say? And the product itself, she's got a bunch of folk have reviewed it. You know, all the usual usual suspects. She, uh, she's got a paid promotion with Ben Milton. There's another savvy kind of businessman there. Um, Marketing-wise, you know, he's he, he doesn't seem to miss a trick. Um, but it's nice to see this doing really well. The thing is, the thing is, I'm... Well... If you listen to Ray Otis on Plundergrounds, he's basically uh, vocalised my thoughts about this entirely. So maybe go take a listen to what Ray has to say. Save me repeating it. But um, it's just one of them things you think, do I need another book? Well, not really. Am I tempted? Yes, I am. Because it looks like it's going to be a really nice product. It's clear. It's got enough... Um, ideas that I align with that trying to make me interested it takes a system of uh, modern D&D boils it down gets rid of some of the stuff I'm not massive about makes it into a nice book with nice art and super super tempting but for me a couple of deal breakers and this is just me um, that the whole shipping thing that's going on, the uh, the actual price of the book, just a, to me, it's a, a bit steep. I'm sure, great production, it's still good value, but I, I just personally can't justify it. The PDF, I, I, I can't afford to lay out a lot of money on PDFs. Um, so I'm going I'm going to this is what I'm going to do I'm this is going to fund she'll be fine I'll see what the reviews are like and maybe I can get it at a, a little bit of a knockdown price later on down the line um and perhaps it's a sort of game that that could be useful in the club setting at school if it is it it might reach that kind of sweet spot whereby I don't have to run Full on D and D. I can use this cut down version, but the the people that have have come from the wizards, and you know maybe they they got an idea of um, what's the D and D, and they're kind of like hardcore fans, and they they don't want to try out something totally different. This looks like it could be in that sweet spot, so that it just that is that little crossover crossover game. 
enough of the old trad sort of goodness that scratches my nostalgia itch but new enough that the kids will still think it's cool and kind of understand it without some of the jank, janky old rules that I, I don't really that I've talked at length about that I don't really like so um I don't really need to wish her luck. She looks like she's banged it out of the park. Some real nice art in there as well. And uh, I think Hankering Fernell, he kind of described it as a little bit more of a grown-up book that you could take down to the, the pub or out to a bar with friends and uh, and maybe not be embarrassed by, you know, it's just a little bit more portable. Looks a little bit more refined. Getting out that big old player's handbook or DMG with his... <coughs> excuse me big monsters on the cover yeah i know what he means and i get it so that was that and segueing into icrpg i've mentioned him a couple of times already hank the designer there i feel like i'm doing him a little bit more justice to his design now just had a session this week and uh, it was one of them sessions where you come away and you you feel quite happy i've got the pacing a good bit better there was loads of action i was kind of moving behind scenes we had like three quite different combats through the over the course of two hours generally we don't do that we had quite a lot of loot i'm rolling on the the loot tables i'm rolling on the the monster maker and there was loads of that thing that happens with random tables where you make them random rolls and for whatever reason, I don't know if you, your mind is playing tricks on you, but you get these results and they just seem so appropriate to the circumstances. Like sometimes I don't know if you've ever looked at a random table and just glanced through it and thought, oh, I don't know about some of this. This looks a bit, oh, I don't know about that. And then you think, well, no, I was going to do this random. I'll, I'll, I'll hold myself to it and what a roll. I'm going to make the best of it. And then it just works a charm. It just works a charm. And it, it sparks off all these ideas. And I don't know. I just, it's just one of them. It's, it's just something that seems to happen with random tables. And I absolutely love that. You, you trust in the dice gods. And then there you go. They deliver this kind of goodness. Um, I actually ran an encounter. and So I'm running Monkey Isle. And I just got to say, yeah, Chris Goneman and, and, and what he's doing at, at basicfantasy.org, you know, all this free content there, it, it's kind of, I think it's pretty good vanilla. It, it's trad. I've, once again, I've said it all before, but I'm running Monkey Isle. And there's these encounters in there, and they are the bare bones, you know, just like a paragraph, a couple of bits. There's these monsters, there's this situation. It's on the map there. And I, I take that and then I just I just add on to it. Maybe I, I roll on the monster maker table. I, I see what the, the monster's up to. Um, I think on the monster maker table, there's like five or six things. You know, what's the monster doing? What's his mo motivations? Um, oh, I, can't even, I can't even remember now. But it's just, it's just really, it's just really cool. It's really easy to do. It's not a lot of nitty-gritty. It's just, just great game juice, if you like. And so there's these 
gargoyles up in this villa. I've decided this villa is like, a, it's a, sort of like a research station for this, old, like a, a laboratory come home of some old kind of wizardy hermit type of guy. Long gone, long ruined, and he's got this magic garden. I'm always doing magic gardens. I just love them and the plants come to life and, and it, it's all... It's all kicking off. The characters come into this little dingly dell of crazy old magic plants. And, oh, lo and behold, before you know it, it's all closing in around them. And, you know, they're tripping over vines that previously they were sure weren't there. Then they can't really see the sky so well. Next thing you know, there's all this pollen in the air and they're, they're getting a, a taste of the um, Wizard of Oz kind of, oh, we're feeling a bit, ooh, a bit iffy. Roll in the constitution checks uh, and the dwarf, uh, he fails. So all his rolls are now difficult. Combat ensues, got lashing vines and all of this going on. And just reskinned the tentacle stat uh, monster from ICRPG. That was easy to do on the laptop. Just hyperlink to my monster list, brought up tentacles. Uh, f f uh, hyperlink from the encounter to the monster list there's the tentacles boop, boop, run it ran it like that i was trying instead of uh, marking off hit points i was uh, using some little blocks little counters and like for a little bit more tactile you know as characters were doing damage i'm throwing these little red blocks in, uh, in into tiles into piles uh, to record the damage and I thought oh, make a change I'll do that so I've got this weird blend of technology and then super tactile damage markers so that was fun we got into that they overcome that obstacle and then they went on to that they actually got to the villa proper and I described how this stone villa was a ruin and it had these really it was precariously placed on the edge of this sort of a plateau type of area overlooking a river gorge and there's all these really precarious columns and in then we made a couple of checks and oh you kind of feel like a little bit like you're being watched and then lo and behold your Harryhausen type gargoyles be, began to come to life and it was a great combat we had a couple of these and I made them pretty big gargoyles so if they landed they would have stood like 10 foot tall so really imposing gargoyles probably a bit more like you know full-blown big old statues and what i wanted what i wanted to capture is i wanted to get this idea that the gargoyles had this kind of understanding this like relationship with stone and the columns and the actual material of the villa so i i, I began to use this attack I planned it out. This wasn't just some uh, spur of the moment thing. This was this was planned out that they'd have this understanding of the stone, and I was like rolling fifty-fifty. Either they'd do a normal attack, then I just randomised who they would attack. Uh, but they had this special attack where they would dislodge stone or cause a column to collapse. So instead of going against uh, the character's armour, they were like making a a saving throw to avoid the damage. And this was dex based, but then what I realised later, I could have used the um, the armor roll rules that have been introduced in I think it's the most recent version of ICRPG, which was a, ru a rule introduced to help 
encourage the player that, that wants that big armoured character and to take a little um, a little bit of power as it were to improve the balance between the armoured character and the dexterous character because a lot of saving throws it, of late in, in games um, it, I, I don't really know why but it seems the dexterous character especially in like particularly in 5th edition I noticed this dexterity was a really powerful stat and it seemed that Hank wanted to sort that balance out a little bit so he's introduced this armour roll and of course I forgot about it which is a classic example of what I was talking about last time not always carrying carrying through and following through or capturing that ICRPG spirit of the rules this time I missed it next time I will catch that one but it, it didn't matter but the thing the thing the thing was these columns were gonna if you failed these columns were gonna were doing ultimate damage now characters got one heart 10 hit points the equivalent of and these things had the potential to do 12 damage well of course one went over one time did a bit of damage the dwarf kind of took it not a problem knocked him back a little bit then they did this attack again this time the character uh, failed 12 damage straight away one of the players left up i want to spend my fortune coin re-roll that damage oh no re-roll the save so they spent a fortune coin re-roll the save no the roll stood they failed the they failed to dodge it so they get this this thing collapses ultimate damage 12 damage then another fortune coin from my brother r30 throws down a fortune coin re-roll that 12 re-roll that 12 and i re-rolled it and it would have been probably curtains for uh dm ricky my buddy there it would have been curtains perhaps for his character or at least it'd have been on a timer for his life and yeah we it, narratively we described as this this character being this fox person nimbly just ducked under an arch as this column came down and uh, there's a pile of rubble everybody thought uh, jenna she's buried alive and then as the dust is settling a little bit she it, they realize she's been sheltered under this arch so uh, visually it, it made a, a nice image uh, and a nice little story there that i think people will remember so that that was awesome and then uh, we moved on to the next part of the adventure, and I'm gonna I'm gonna recap a little bit of that next time. I feel like I've done too much talking. I don't know if you can hear, but my voice is starting to struggle now, and uh, I'm gonna just end up coughing and coughing and coughing. Don't want to do that. Uh, just before I close, jogged my memory once again. I'm calling back to Ray Otis. Um, Thaddeus, Thaddeus, aka Patches, uh, has been producing, he's, he's been making stuff, and I, I've got a nice OSR magnet. So, you know, that kind of uh, that fr not fridge magnet stuff, but that that what do they call it, mag like magna based stuff that wargamers stick on their bases. It's like a flexible magnetic sheet. 
he's printed up some OSR logos with this magnetic sheet and just out of the blue he he, he sent me a sample I've got no <laughs> uh, it was now did it come with a I can't remember if it came with a Christmas card he did send me some Christmas wishes and I believe that may have been in there as a little as a little gift um, and it was interesting Ray was talking about how he he don't feel so awkward about that whole OSR label for whatever reason and I thought to myself do you know what he's done it again he's kind of voiced he's voiced my thoughts for me and I feel like as I've stepped away and I've 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 not been sort of so obsessed with my hobby I've just I've just been taking a little bit more of a chilled approach to it all step back from some of the nonsense that gets me down at times I thought you know what I don't think I'm all that bothered about all that wrangling now. Uh, I actually think it's quite a smart little logo and it's just another reason for you to go and have a listen to Ray's episode. And he talks about it a bit more than me, but yeah, ha, it's funny how these things work out. Just you're listening to a podcaster and it's just like hearing your thoughts put into words, your own thoughts put into words. An uncanny feeling, I think I, I I mentioned to Ray, it's an uncanny but convenient kind of thing. So, yeah. Coming next episode, I'd like to think I'd also be able to talk to you about Reva from Joe Salvador. He's, like, well, I don't know, playtest version. He's looking for feedback and he's kindly put me in there with a playtest credit sent myself an Arfed a, a copy. I urge you to check it out. Reva, I'll get back to, to you all with some thoughts as soon as I've had a, a, a look through it. Um, here's Eldridge Tales, one of my one of my f- favourite um, gifts that, that I've received in recent years. He, he he sorted me out a copy of that. I, I thought he'd done a really bang up job of that. I've I've got um I've got a review on YouTube. I've got a podcast episode. Man, I he's done it again. Um, banged it out of the park in terms of his presentation and layout. Really, he's re- he does a lot of this, if not I think pretty much all of it himself. Gets in some artwork, but layout and all of that. It's taught himself affinity, and uh, just just it's got a real nice eye for it. I'll be interested to see like the final version of the game. Unfortunately, I had to sort of step out of playtest when I got I got too busy, and uh, yeah, unfortunately, online gaming and and RPGs do just like suck up the time out of your weekend. And as you can tell, I, I kind of got enough gaming going on in 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 real life that whoa, anything online is I can't entertain it so there you go oh, I have rambled on I, I feel like I owe you an apology for this rambling but I guess you've always got the option just to switch this crazy fool off and go and do something more useful anyway for those that you have that have endured I've got some thanks so as always big thanks to my patrons over on the spike pit patreon their ongoing generosity just gives me that little bit of drive to hang in there and I, and I feel like I, I owe them these episodes and it just gives me that bit of motivation 
uh, that that keeps me coming back. Um, a little bit of skin in the game, I guess. So big thanks to those guys. Uh, and then also a big thanks to you, the listener, for taking more than a bit of time out of your day to listen to Old Spy Pit. Take care and I'll catch you later.